Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, Wiz, we're all getting ready to do, uh, I know, a podcast that we are both very excited about, but uh, we cannot ignore the big news today. Julio Jones is a Tennessee Titan very shortly, it looks like. At least that's what's being reported by uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. So, Wiz, how are you? And let's cut to the chase. A player that has been definitely a highly criticized player on this show from a fantasy perspective, now switching addresses to Tennessee. On paper, that Tennessee offense looking very impressive. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some big fantasy ramifications uh from this move, uh, I think it's uh, great. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, we'll get to that. Uh, and as far as, um, you know, maybe players that get a downgrade, boy, I know you were fired up for Josh Reynolds, but he can't get a break. Yeah. I mean, he was like third guy with the Rams. Then they kind of like drafted a rookie. The writing was on the wall for him. Corey Davis leaves. They were all fired up to get him. You were pumping him up, talking him up for these last few months. And now, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess he's going to still play some, but uh, not as big as a role as, uh, as originally thought. But, uh, you know, Julio, great athlete, great receiver. But I don't think uh, you could count on him playing a full season. So there may be hope for Josh Reynolds in the helm. So, so I guess the big question. So, and, and this impacts both football teams, right? You know, Tennessee. You know, you look at a player like Derrick Henry, and of course, teams try to stop a player like that. So, this kind of opens up that passing game a little bit more. Um, I know you and I both would like to see AJ Brown get the ball a little bit more. Last year, he was dealing with lower lower extremity injuries during the year. We, we know Julio's been injured a lot. Uh, this is a team that's making a transition. An offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, has moved out. Um, certainly, they're making a transition at tight end as well. Jonu Smith is no longer going to be the tight end there. It looks like Anthony Fersk is going to be the starter. So there's a lot of moving parts on the Tennessee side of things. And of course, you mentioned how that impacts Tannehill. Um, and Josh Reynolds, a guy that I did like coming into this year, given the position that he's in. And it's not to say that Josh Reynolds is not going to get his chance. Obviously, injuries always occur in this league, but it's definitely a setback for him. And then on the flip side, you know, we're looking at Atlanta, where ironically is where Arthur Smith is now the head coach. And you look at a situation there where Calvin Ridley has definitely grown as a receiver. Uh, we, we, we like the player. I thought Russell Gage at times played very well. We know what they did at this draft and, and you know, that probably all but signaled the end of Julio Jones's career as Atlanta Falcon when they decided to draft Kyle Pitts. So, certainly moving parts on, uh, certainly moving parts on, on, on both teams. And, you know, again, Julio has, uh, we, I'm not saying that this is not a talented receiver. He's now 32 years old. He's past his prime, certainly. He has struggled a little bit with injuries over the last few years. You know, Wiz and I have talked about him limping off the sidelines a lot. So, yeah, there's a lot to digest here in terms of the ramifications for it. And even for a player like A.J. Brown, which I know how much you love the player, you know, how much of this does this kind of dent into him? Or maybe we don't look at it this way. Maybe it's just now how do you cover this team when they're sending Julio Jones and A.J. Brown out at the receiver position? Yeah, I think yeah, I have obviously I have AJ Brown in a in a in a keeper league and I'm I'm happy about this this trade because 
you know, you lose John Smith, you Corey Davis, uh, Humphreys. Uh, Reynolds is a good player, but there was going to be a lot of coverage paid to A.J. Brown. He was still going to get a lot of passes thrown his way. But now with Julio Jones, I just think it, it's going to free him up to do some big things, and uh, teams are going to have to obviously pay attention <clears throat> to uh, Julio Jones. And, um, yeah, I think it's an upgrade for Tannehill, for A.J. Brown, you know, Derrick Henry as well. You know, you always want to have a running back that you feel is going to be in the other team's red zone often. Uh, I just feel Josh Reynolds takes the biggest hit with this trade, but we'll, we'll certainly get into um, that that whole situation with the Titans and rankings at uh, specific positions as well. All right, was well, uh, fantastic. So now let's move on to you know what this podcast was going to originally be about, and and we're starting it at the quarterback position. And you know, Wiz came up with a great idea. I, I guess you know, doing some talking and and, and kind of reading about things and and look at kind of the preseason rankings. You know, Wiz thought it would be a good idea for us to talk about the range of outcomes. Uh, you know, kind of floor ceiling when it comes to certain players at each position, uh, and not that we're gonna. You know, look, we could spend all day talking about every single person, uh, every single quarterback. There's a lot of different options and scenarios that could occur. But we really honed in, uh, on, and, and Wiz and I have not discussed this, uh, you know, on, on separately. We're we're we've done our work on the side, and and we're going to talk about range of outcomes, uh, high low type of watermarks when it comes to each position. And today we're going to start at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think what makes for an interesting topic is. You know, which players, and there are there just certain players, you know, that you just feel you could kind of pencil them in their stats and kind of where they, they're going to end up at the position. But I thought what would be interesting is to take players at each position and talk about the range of outcome, the widest range of outcome for those particular players. Uh, and it's not even necessarily having a, a you know, a, a view on the player, whether you love the player or don't like the player, just the player that you think has the widest range of outcomes and those players that uh, we're going to start off a quarterback. And uh, I guess I'll start off, and I know we talked about this a little earlier today when we were just discussing this. I have Jalen Hurts as one of my players at the quarterback position that I think has the widest range of outcomes because I think if, if the Eagles implement a system that is suited for him and he could have, I don't know, six, 700 yards rushing and have some rushing touchdowns, he could, he could be a, a QB1. He could definitely be a top 12 fantasy quarterback if they build that offense that's suited for him. If they do not do that and the offense is not really what works best for Jalen Hurts, then I could just see a quarterback that you could maybe stream from 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 week to week based on matchups, but certainly not only outside the top 12, but uh, maybe not even the top 15 or 20. So I think Jalen Hurts is one of the quarterbacks where I see um, – the widest range of outcome. Yeah, and I had Jalen Hurts on my list as well. And when I look very closely, look, the Eagles were a, a real mess last year. Uh, and I think the biggest impact 
was the offensive line, the injuries that they had across the board there, certainly very detrimental. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz has moved on, moving in a new head coach here. Doug Peterson is gone. Uh, so so there's a lot of moving parts to this. I don't particularly love the Eagles wide receiving core. I, I think it's, it's one of the probably lesser wide receiver cores in the league. Um, this certainly impacted Miles Sanders last year uh, as well in terms of him taking a step back. And the offensive line was kind of the center of all this. So in comes Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I thought he was an interesting player coming into last year's draft. The landing spot kind of was head scratching, but but obviously this is the way it, it has moved. Uh, I think when you look closely at what Hurts did in, in basically three and a half starts, um, you know, over a thousand yards passing. Uh, he did have 350 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns, uh, six passing touchdowns. If you remember that last game of the season, he got yanked out of that game very early. That was a that was a whole hullabaloo around around Doug Peterson in terms of player usage. You really didn't get a chance to do that. There were two games in particular Jalen Hurts shined, and in both instances the defenses that he was playing against aren't weren't very good defenses. That was Arizona and Dallas, but nonetheless, big games from him, and I think that sort of potential is there. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say, could this be kind of a, 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 a Kyler Murray in the making? I think it depends. He, he's got to evolve more as a passer, no doubt about it. And like I said, I'm not super high on this receiving core. I think they're, 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 they're rough around the edges when it comes to not being one of the more elite receiving cores in the league. But but there is there, there is some fascination with this player. And I think the range of outcomes, to your point, you know, I, I've seen Jalen Hurts ranked as high as 9, 10 uh, in terms of quarterbacks, but I've seen him as low as like 17, 18. And, and, and I think a lot of people struggle with this player, but if he makes the proper involvement as a passer, no question he's still going to be able to do it with his legs. This is a player that that can definitely do a lot of damage depending on how, how things work out. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, well, I definitely agree with you in that Jalen Hurts' range of outcomes, you know, could be really, really high, or you know, we could be looking at a train wreck here where he just doesn't develop and things still continue to be a problem at the on the offensive line, and the rest of this offense is not able to support the player. So, so yeah, a good choice of player. I'm right there with you, Wiz. All right, so go ahead. Who uh, who do you have at quarterback? So I want to lump three guys kind of together. Um, and, you know, when I look at the seasons, and because they, they each had different paths when it came to fantasy results last season. And when I look at Kyler Murray, when I look at Russell Wilson, and when I look at Lamar Jackson, and I look at the group together, Lamar Jackson had a top five second half of the season a very underwhelming first half of the season. He did take a step back in his overall stats for the year. Russell Wilson start, started the year like a house on fire. You know, we, you and I joked around a, a lot about it, about Russell Wilson cooking, and the second half of the season was abysmal. Now, I don't know what the Seattle Seahawks are going to decide. We know what they have at the wide receiving core. Two top 10 guys, really, in terms of fantasy rankings in, in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's the way they ranked last year, but a, a miserable second half of the season for this entire team. And Kyla Murray, I think it was more a byproduct of an injury late in the season. He was not the same player as he was. He was carrying teams 
And, and, and look, I won a championship with Kyler Murray, but towards the end of the season, I was actually questioning whether I should start him because the inconsistency in his performance, and I think more than anything, due to that lower leg injury, was a problem. But so when I look at these th- two, three players together, they each kind of had a tale of two seasons when you look at that, the way they started and the way they finished. So I'm kind of lumping them in together. Um, if, if the paths that they were on last year continues, you know, certainly Kyler Murray and uh, Russell Wilson will be overranked in terms of a lot of surveys. And and I still see a lot of question marks around Lamar Jackson. Uh, You know, some people do have him in top five. Some people actually slipping down like between eight and 10. We know what he does with his legs, but I'm kind of lumping all three of these players together. I'm I'm trying to understand what you're saying here. Are are you saying there's a chance one or more of those three quarterbacks could finish out of of top 12? Yeah, I I am saying that because I think in the case, particularly the way they finished the season, I think think in the case of Murray, it was more because of injury and not about system. I think Wilson is the bigger risk here amongst the three players, and I'm still not sold on on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. And, you know, you talked about him not running as much. I still think that that'll be the case. He had 250 less rushing yards than he had the previous year. I know he finished the year strongly, but I'm just not sold that, you know, these three players, I look at them very closely, tails of two seasons when I look at how they performed first half of the season versus second half of the season. Okay, I mean, I'll just go on the record and say I will be shocked if any of those three players are not in the top 12 of quarterbacks because, um, Russell Wilson, I think, is just as solid as they get, and Kyle Murray, surrounded by a tremendous offense, and uh, and Lamar Jackson, you know, is running. It'll be difficult, but uh, it's a bold, bold statement to feel that one or more of those quarterbacks uh, have a range where they are not in the top twelve. Very bold. So that said, I'm going to move along to my next quarterback, who I have on my list, who I think. The range is wild, and that's Jameis Winston. One, he has to get that starting job first. It's not clear. It's not one. It's not, uh, you know, it's not official that he's the name the starter, but obviously if he's not the starter week one, you know, we this is a moot conversation. But assuming he's a starter, I think there's some wild ranges of outcome. Uh, he was around Sean Payton and Drew Brees for a year. You have to think he learned a lot. Uh, he has a great throwing arm. Those are the good things. His decision-making is terrible. His decision-making in the red zone is even worse. So I think with the talent surrounding him and his erratic and inconsistent behavior, I'm not saying I have a view either way, but I just think with James Winston, there is a wild range of outcomes, and uh, this is one of the ultimate in risk-reward type picks uh, for the upcoming season. Um, what do you think about that? And I definitely agree. Uh, I, I think I think I think Jameis Winston will likely, if if the starter will will basically be a backup quarterback for most teams. I don't think most uh, fantasy managers will, ha- will have him slated as a number one uh, quarterback, despite the fact that he did, did throw for over 5,000 yards three years ago. We know we know that they drafted a quarterback, and we know Taysom Hill is still on this roster. So there is a lot of risk around this player. If, 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 
if Jameis Winston is the player that learned uh, watching closely with what, what Drew Brees did and and how that quarterback room last year and and kind of makes that that transgression uh, not the transgression but the progression excuse me like like a player like Ryan Tannehill did um, getting in into his starting position then so be it but I think there's a lot of risk in in Jameis Winston uh, probably a player that I will steal steal steer clear of coming into the season but I do agree that that. You know, if in fact he's able to embrace the offense and able to get things under control and getting the ball to a, to a receiver like a Mike Thomas, uh, and he's obviously he's got other weapons like a Kamara, Adam Troutman should be doing some damage this year. Hopefully, Traquan Smith kind of progresses as a receiver. But yeah, there there is you can see this going in in a couple of different directions. So the range on this player is a very very wide one, no question about that. All right, and what do you have next at quarterback? So, so I'm going to talk about Kirk Cousins, and and I don't know if people realize how good Kirk Cousins was in the second half of the season. Now, a lot of this is a byproduct of a really bad Minnesota Viking defense. I don't think that defense has improved all that much. Kirk Cousins was a top five fantasy quarterback in the second half of the season last year. And by the way, only threw three interceptions in his final eight games. He was putting up monster numbers. We know the running back that he has. We know what Justin Jefferson did as the season progressed. Adam Thielen, a player that I thought might, might take a step back, did not take that step back whatsoever. But I really think Kirk Cousins, when I look closely at the player, and when I think about this team and kind of the direction of the team because of the defense not playing very well, Kirk Cousins is not going to get drafted as a number one quarterback by anybody. But in the second half of the season, his numbers were monster last year. And like I said, this defense is not improved. In my eyes, not a great deal. And as a result of that, I think Kirk Cousins has a chance to surprise a lot of people. Now, I know he's got that big contract hanging over him. And whether he gets re-signed again by the Vikings, that is a big, big you know, question mark at this point in time. So Kirk Cousins is actually playing for something. And I know he's like, this is your team. So I, I know I'll let you elaborate a little bit more, but, but I think Kirk Cousins has some significant upside based on where he's ranked. So it's a player that I think has an upside, upside ranking to his, uh, to his name. So, so what are the range, what's the range of outcome for Kirk Cousins? Do you feel Top twelve. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Kirk Cousins. Given this team, this team will be playing from behind a lot. I think Kirk Cousins, based on the way he finished last season and based on the talent that he has around him, you know I love Irv Smith Jr. I think he makes a huge difference when he's on the field. We love, we both love Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen is a consummate professional receiver. Dalvin Cook, tremendous running back. A team that will be behind. I think Kirk Cousins can be a top twelve quarterback in fantasy football. That is correct. And what's the downside? You know, downside. You know, the downside to Kirk Cousins is that you know he he has these erratic games. He's not able to do. He's not able to run this team offensively in in the same way. And the Vikings become impatient because they know they're not going to resign the player, and they start thinking about what's next. And Kirk Cousins actually finds himself on the bench and not even a starting quarterback as the season evolves. That's the downside. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And like I said, Kirk Cousins has been a malign guy since he's gotten to Minnesota. But if you look really closely how he performed in the second half of last season, big numbers were being put up by Kirk Cousins in this offense. Okay, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely erratic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of these quarterbacks that you don't, don't think you mind having as a quarterback <clears throat> because if you have him on the right streaming week, he could uh, be terrific. Um, I'll go to my next quarterback. I have two left on my list. 
uh, is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I just think this is a very, very interesting player coming into the season from a fantasy perspective. Their offense is 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 really changed. Um, they now have to do, you know, along with Parker at wide receiver, they now have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. They are explosive potentially on offense. I think there's some wild range of outcomes for Tua. Uh, I could see him being another year removed from that injury, acclimated more. It was difficult with the pandemic for some rookies, uh, especially for rookie quarterbacks. Another year under his belt, maybe a little more confidence. I could see a lot of upside for him and I can see a situation where he doesn't progress and Miami's looking for a quarterback next year um, so I think um, there's potential for that player uh, to, to to take a tremendous step forward and I think there's also potential that he just didn't live up to the hype and, um, and uh, we'll have to see but it'll be uh, a, a real discouraging to the, to the Dolphins organization to get him that help that they got him at wide receiver, uh, drafting Waddle and signing Fuller to join um, to join Parker. And they also got Preston Williams, who who played well before he got hurt. There's a lot of talent around Tua. And uh, Gusecki and Well was, was terrific. Um, so the, the, the surrounding cast, they made sure they did a good job of getting him that. Now can he perform to that level of expectation? So I have Tua as my one of my quarterbacks with a wild range of outcomings uh, outcomes for the upcoming season. Yeah. So look, I, I think you, you got to throw away that last game of the season. Uh, Tua was playing against Buffalo. Buffalo pulled a lot of their players. That was his biggest game of the year. He threw the ball fifty eight times in that ball game. Uh, other than that, he only had one other three hundred yard game. I think there were training wheels on Tua Tagovailoa for for a lot of the year. Uh, the way they called the plays, it was certainly a lot different the way the way they ran their offense than when Matt Fitzpatrick was on the quarterback. Um, as you mentioned, the offensive talent, the speed is there, right? The, you know, Lynn Bowden Jr., who you didn't even mention, you know, he ended up being the leading receiver at times, uh, you know, when the injuries uh, really struck the Dolphins. You know, an interesting kind of Swiss Army knife player. There are weapons galore on this offense. So there is absolutely no reason for Tua not to shine in the offense. And it'll be very interesting to see his progression. He also didn't run a lot last year. I know you liked him. He was a bit more mobile, but the injury certainly held him back. And like I said, training wheels are on the player. So this is a player that, that, yeah, this is a player that needs to take that next step up. Whether he can do it or not remains to be seen. And the Dolphins will be watching this very closely because, as you said, you know the, the, the possible outcomes are that Tua is not that quarterback of the future here. I, I'd like to believe, like, like a lot of draft experts, uh, felt that this player has a lot of talent and the talent around him is extremely strong. So... I, I can see Tua having a top twelve season to your point, but you know, again, if we're if we're looking at kind of the same case scenarios we looked at last year, where at times I don't know, he just just held the ball too long, didn't look confident back there at times, uh, and I'd be worried if that was kind of popping up again, especially given the level of talent that he has around him now. Uh, you have any other quarterback left on your list? Uh, yeah, I actually have a couple more quarterbacks, so uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Sam Darnold here. Uh, so I didn't realize actually, Wiz, how bad Teddy Bridgewater ended up the season, and 
you know, quite interestingly, the Carolina Panthers ranked in the top half of NFL teams in terms of passing yards. Uh, now, again, Christian McCaffrey was injured last year, so that was an impact on this offense. Not to say that Mike Davis didn't do a very good job backing him up. Uh, we like the receiving core here. Uh, I know Curtis Samuel is not here anymore. They, br- they, they bring David Moore over from Seattle. I know you like and I do like Terrace Marshall uh, being in this offense. Joe Brady has a lot of familiarity with the player. Robbie Anderson's still here. DJ Moore still here. And, you know, look, Sam Darnold has never quite had the right kind of talent around him. Uh, and certainly, as a, as, as a coaching staff goes, it was a complete disaster in what he had to deal with as a player. So, so this is a player, I know he's ranked relatively low, and I don't think Sam Darnold's going to be like a top 12 quarterback. That being said, this is an offense that lends itself to a lot of explosion at times. And I think Sam Darnold... If he can proceed the way people thought he would when he came out of college initially, you know, unfortunately, I think he, he had a lot of setbacks when he was dealing with the circumstances of the New York Jets football team. But I think Sam Darnold does have upside here. You know, look, they, they extended the option. They didn't draft a quarterback. They've put a lot of, they've put a lot of balls in the corner of, of Sam Darnold as to be, hey, you're going to be our quarterback of the future. And I think they're, he's in the right spot. The coaching staff, like I said, I like the talent on this offense. And this is a team that wants to throw the football. Uh, so Sam Donald is in a position to really excel uh, and, and exceed expectations. Again, do I see him being a top 10 quarterback? No, not necessarily. Um, but again, you know, if we're looking at a player where it wasn't the system, it wasn't the Jets after all, it was the player. I think then then you have a situation where David Tepper is scrambling and they're going to be looking for the quarterback of the future very, very quickly. So I think Sam Donald is one of those players where there's they, there could be some big upside if depending on how he picks up this offense or perhaps he just doesn't make the progression that we think and Sam Donald finds himself at the bench in the second half of the year because you know what? Everybody guessed wrong on it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big wide range uh, of outcome for him. And I, I have just one more quarterback. It's probably a quarterback that probably a lot of people wouldn't think they put on their wide range of outcome list. I'm sorry, say it again. I missed you there. Go ahead. Sorry, I missed you. Oh yeah, I'm going to put Ben Roethlisberger on my wide range of outcome list. Uh, anytime a player has a major injury, I like to give them one more year removed from the injury. I know he's very old, um, but I just like the surrounding cast. I like that Najee Harris is there. I know their offensive line is not much better, if at all any better, but I, I think the ranges of outcomes – for for Ben Roethlisberger this year could be back to being a good quarterback where he's serviceable, solid, or he just feels, you know, he's he's the quarterback that's going to retire from football and that happens not on his terms um, and he just can't play anymore. But I, I, I think that the people that have just completely written Ben Roethlisberger off for this season, I think may be mistaken. So in terms of that, uh, I'm going to give Ben Roethlisberger uh, a chance to be on the list of wide range of incomes. Not that I love him this year, but I think there is a chance, another year removed from the surgery, surrounding cast, Najee Harris, that um, – 
there could be a wide range of outcomes for Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe better than just about anyone giving him a chance for this year. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't love the news that I got on the injury, and and I really don't like the offensive line situation. And this, when I look at the receiving core, super talented, very excited. Najee Harris is here. But I need to be sold on Ben Roethlisberger coming back healthy because we know it just did not look right. The second half of the year was a complete joke on this offense. This, now, granted, the Steelers were ranked in the top seven in terms of passing offenses in the NFL in terms of yards per game. But there was so much dinking and dunking that was going on here. And you remove those key players from this offensive line, and then you bring into this situation the, the injury that, that Roethlisberger will be coming back for from at age 39. Uh, you know, one of those quarterbacks from that draft uh, many years ago but Eli, that produced both Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers, players that have kind of moved to the sidelines and, and retired. But Ben Roethlisberger is still out there. Uh, I don't disagree with you, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a player that's going to be, as much as I love this receiving core, and as much as I love Ben Roethlisberger, and you know I have over the years, it's a player that I'd be unwilling to take a chance on. But at the same time, do I agree that the range of outcomes is wide on the player? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Ben Roethlisberger has been counted out before, and he's produced tremendous seasons while being counted out. But he, to me, he has a number of different variables that are working against him that would kind of make me very reluctant to draft the player. Yeah, I don't think that's, uh, you know, I think that's, I think that's fair what you say. Uh, I, I just think like a lot of people in the fantasy community have just completely written him off, but I'm, I'm not quite sure about that yet. I won't go to that level, but we'll have to see. Uh, but you know, this isn't about players we like or don't like. It's just about range of outcomes for the upcoming season. And uh, that that's it for me, quarterback. I'm interested to hear who you have left on your quarterback range of outcomes list. Okay, so uh, so this player is, is an interesting one. I've talked about this off season for the Washington Football Team quite a lot, and and I'm going to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. So now, now the thing with Fitzpatrick is when he got the opportunity to play the last two seasons with the Dolphins, uh, you know, he put up very, very big numbers. He can still run the ball despite his age. So he's, he's effective there. I think when you look at the Washington football team, an extremely conservative offense was run last year. Four different quarterbacks were thrown in there. Um, you know, look, Logan Thomas made a lot of progression here. Terry McLaurin, great wide receiver. We've talked ad nauseum about Curtis Samuel joining this offense, a player that Ron Rivera is very familiar with. We like the running backs here. We like the catching ability of the running backs here, both Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. So when I look at Ryan Fitzpatrick in a division that's not very good uh, in terms of defenses, I think, I think, you know, so that's six games right off the bat right there. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually kind of given given the keys to the kingdom here this year, I think, you know, when I look at his ranking kind of in the low low 20s to mid 20s in terms of uh, fantasy expectations for the year, I think he can definitely exceed that. Is there a scenario where Ryan Fitzpatrick just doesn't have enough in the tank here? And we saw what Tyler Heineke could do in this offense in the playoffs. He almost beat Tom Brady. So you're looking at two different extremes here. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the last guy that I talk about that I think has a wide uh, a definite wide parameter of outcomes for the upcoming season. Yeah, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has a wide range of outcomes on a game by game basis. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think it's uh, yeah, I, I think you could see a situation where um, he plays terrific, or you know, you just never sure if you're going to get Fitz Magic or Fitz. You know, tragic, and uh, on a game by game basis. But uh, I wonder with that player. 
with the defense he he has, if he's going to, I'm not saying, you know, play more conservatively, but I'm just wondering if the play calling will not be as, as wild as it was with some of his other stops that he's had in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I think, well, what, so tell me what the upside is in terms of ranking for our Fitzpatrick. I, I just, I just look at the talent at receiver here and it, you know, it, it's, it's 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 very exciting. It's a really exciting type of situation. So, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for I don't know somewhere between twenty five and thirty touchdowns in this offense is it something that that can happen? Yeah, I think I think you're looking at completely different what we saw last year. I mean, I think by the end of the season last year, Alex Smith, who was coming back uh, from a horrific injury, and we know how bad Haskins was. They they threw Kyle Allen in there. You know, nothing else was really working here. Ryan Fitzpatrick has showed you the last couple of years that he can make a material difference was in there. And look, both of us were pretty critical about the timing of, of Fitzpatrick being yanked out as, as quarterback of the Dolphins last year. Uh, and he was playing well. It wasn't that he wasn't playing well. It just They just felt that they wanted to start seeing what Tua could do. But I think there's a, there is a lot of consistency in those players around him. Uh, you know, McLaurin was able to have great seasons with, with bad players throwing him the football. And he's already talking about the chemistry uh, of, of, that he's having with, with Fitzpatrick, you know, the, the rapport that they're starting to build. You know how I feel about Samuel. So I think there's a lot of upside because of the talent around him. And if Fitzpatrick can kind of be that player that he's been the last couple of seasons when put into action for the Dolphins, I really like his upside. So what's the how high can he reach and then what's the what's the ceiling and what's the floor is the is the ceiling top twelve and is the floor bench yeah I, the I, I I think the ceiling actually is probably just outside the top twelve where you know you're looking at a player that has almost four thousand yards passing and twenty five to thirty touchdowns and and then the and and then the floor is obviously a situation where Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the starting quarterback and Tyler Haneke is actually a guy that's taking snaps somewhere uh, at some point in the season so that that's a pretty that's a pretty wide range of outcomes for a single player yeah fair enough fair enough uh so uh, i think that wraps it up for the quarterback position yeah and, and i think like i said you know wiz and i will we could talk about every single player that you know coming into this season and we're not even mentioning injuries and certainly in the case of some of these teams offensive lines are going to play a big part of it and 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 you know i've pointed this out many times was you know it scares me when a team does not have offensive line talent which is why I kind of shy away from a player like you know again I, I'm giving my opinion on a player here but but I, I think the situation has risk attached to it when you have a, a, a breakdown in offensive line like we didn't mention a, a guy like uh, Justin Herbert who had a tremendous rookie year but that's an offensive line that's in a better situation now that being said Justin Herbert's already being ranked in top tens and I, I don't see really a lot of downside with the player but you know offensive lines do play a big impact in, in kind of how teams are able to move the football and what they can do and and I think you know in a, in a case of someone like Roethlisberger and I don't mean to single him out here but but there's just so many question marks around that and how that looks that you know that kind of that that scares me a, a, a quite a lot you know for anybody who's behind taking stats for the Pittsburgh Steelers excellent 
All right, Wiz. So that wraps up this uh, this episode on uh, quarterbacks. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do each and every position together uh, as we move along here uh, during the week. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, on the football field. We'll continue to talk about it. The weather's warming up. It's it's certainly looking like July weather right now, and and teams have their OTAs going on, and uh, and pretty soon they're going to be mandatory. So we'll be watching out for that. But but nonetheless, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast will be taking you through the journey into the 2021 season we're on spotify we're on apple Podcasts and soundcloud wiz i'll wish you a good rest of your sunday and look forward to catching up at the running back position next you got it All right, that ended up being 35 minutes, so not, not as long as I thought it would be. It would probably be longer, I would think, at the running back and receiver positions. At least I think so. But I think that's kind of timing-wise at quarterback kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, so I will be home. Um, well done, by the way. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I just think like some of these players, like you know, like I said, you could see some of these players sitting on the bench, and some of these players, like you know, really excelling at what they that, what they're doing. So uh, that, that, I tried to kind of look at some of those guys more more th- more than anything else. I mean, we could have talked about, um, you know, like I said, we could talk about every single guy here, um, but you know, I, I trying to be specific on on the guys that I. That I think have. Well, when you're looking at players for range of outcome, remember that there's also, you know, not just the potential to move up, but to move down yep. as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Tyler Henneke could be starting in week four. Yeah, right. Like if it just like it, it's so easy to see the guy yanked or or if he is if he is doing really well. Yeah, that, that's definitely what I'm looking at. So, all right. So um, I'll, I'm probably coming home from Long Island sometime tomorrow. Um and then I'll be around. Yeah, I'll, I think I have to work Thursday and Saturday this week, but we'll try to figure out a time where we can do, you know, the, the running backs next. When did you want to try to get that done? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely, we didn't do anything. Like, yeah, I mean, we definitely want to get it done, uh, The these these three, uh, you know, in the next week or so yeah, or something we'll, like that. So yeah, we'll, 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 we'll definitely get these all done. We'll definitely get these all done. Okay, and then try and 